Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We all know the benefits of physical activity, but when it comes to pregnancy, it becomes a heavily disputed area as there are still preconceptions that you should always be resting up rather than working out, and it's not always the case. As long as your GP has no concerns, there is no reason why you can't move throughout your pregnancy, even if you're up for it into the third trimester. The Peanut app is a safe space to connect with other women in their different stages of motherhood. Introducing you to women nearby, Peanut provides access to a community that's there to listen, to share information and offer valuable advice. Throughout my pregnancy and my fourth trimester, I continued with movement and I was able to find other mums to work out with on the app. You can download the app for free today on your app store or head to peanuts.app.link slash food for thought. Hello and welcome to Food for Thought on Motherhood, a special mini-series on all things pregnancy, childbirth and baby. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In this special mini-series, I'm joined by leading health professionals so that together we can all learn fact from fiction and support your journey, whether that's through conception, pregnancy, or just like me as a brand new mum. Expectant mothers have long been told to cut back on exercise and instead rest up and relax throughout the journey. But with the countless benefits of exercise to our body and our mind, this episode of Food for Thought on Motherhood sees Dr. Sarah Murphy and I explore the latest evidence in fitness throughout pregnancy. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Rhiannon. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm glad we managed to find the time because you're the perfect guest for this episode. I think exercising in general when you're pregnant seems to be it's just so controversial and I don't know why. Is there any truth in harming the baby when you exercise when you're pregnant? No and I suppose with things in pregnancy it's always it's difficult to say what is harmful and what isn't because it's really difficult to carry out studies to determine if something is um, dangerous because you don't if when you don't know you don't want to risk the pregnancy but what we seem to realize now that it while there are certain things you have to be careful with pregnant exercising in pregnancy it is not unsafe and if anything it would be encouraged especially for women who would have exercised outside of pregnancy 
Yes, exactly. It's not really, yeah, you can't really conduct research on women that are pregnant easily at all. It's <laughs> quite a gray area there indeed. And if we discuss the benefits that you know, because I think it's so important for our listeners to know that we want to encourage exercise where possible. What would you say are the main things that pregnant women can expect when they exercise? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So I suppose like there's, it's, you know, there's many, um, you know, there's a broad spectrum of benefits and you have the benefits that you have outside of pregnancy. So obviously exercising is going to improve your mental health. Um, you, it'll help you, I suppose, maintain um, your weight, but and also maintain your blood sugar levels and those two things are important when we think of um, certain risks in pregnancy, like things like gestational diabetes. Now, some women will get gestational diabetes irrespective of anything they do, but we think that controlling blood sugar levels may help prevent this, or certainly if someone is diagnosed with gestational diabetes, controlling them through diet and exercise will help have better outcomes. Outside mm. of that, I suppose, um, it's your, I suppose your body is changing hugely. So you want to keep the body as strong as possible. And sometimes we talk about the pelvic floor. So um, I follow a good few physiotherapists on Instagram and we put a lot of um, weight into the pelvic floor, um, mm. unintended. Um, but I suppose for you're now holding a baby um, in your abdomen and that's supported by your pelvic floor. Um, and you really want to build that up as much as possible so that it can support the pregnancy. But afterwards, so that you have a strong pelvic floor that isn't completely damaged by the pregnancy. And then other things, if you think your center of gravity changes in pregnancy, so instead of having, you know, your body that goes up and down both sides, you now have, a, for want of a nicer word, a large lump on the front of your body that's going to pull you forward. And for those reasons, you really want a strong core and a strong back to help with things like back pain and pelvic girdle pain. So they're just a few of the benefits that we would see with exercise in pregnancy. Yes, and it's good you mentioned pelvic floor, actually. I mean, obviously, it's good you mentioned all of those. But in particular, I don't think anybody realizes when they're a mum-to-be and it's their first baby, the effect that a weak pelvic floor can have on your body and the complications post-birth, if, if you don't work on it. It can be quite drastic, can't it? Absolutely. Um, and I suppose the pelvic floor, to some degree, will be damaged with a pregnancy regardless of what you do but what you want to try and do is prevent the effects of that yeah it, I, I experienced um a slight prolapse post-birth and pelvic floor exercises have been crucial um in my recovery if, if you don't I mean I think a lot of women think that once you've had a baby that you it's normal or it's and of course, normal is the wrong word to use. It is expected that it's more difficult to hold your urine in and not wee yourself. But actually, it doesn't have to be like that forever, does it, if you work on the pelvic floor? Is that correct? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, and you you hear, like, I always find these stories quite sad when women say, um, I used to love going for running um, and I can't go anymore because I can't hold my urine after my pregnancy or I don't like to go out shopping because... I don't know where the nearest toilet will be um, mm. just stories like that and if we can try and prevent those things then I think that is a really good thing 
Oh, completely. I mean, the early days um, after I'd had Zachary, I didn't want to go for a walk anywhere too far away from the house in case I needed the bathroom. It's, it's this real stuff here. It, it does happen. It is hard, but it can get back. And now I'm very confident going further afield and I don't have those problems because I worked on the pelvic floor. So I really encourage people. I hope that's given them some hope that it can it can get better. So what would be the exercises that you would suggest then for people in pregnancy that tend to be best suited? Absolutely. So the first, I suppose, rule of thumb is nothing new in pregnancy. So if you didn't run a 5k before you were pregnant, then doing a 5k plan in pregnancy is is not the way forward. Um, what people should typically do is what they did outside of pregnancy, plus or minus a few modifications. And then the other thing to be cautious of is once you kind of get into your second trimester, so around 20 weeks um, into your pregnancy, what you just want to be careful of is putting too much pressure on the abdomen. So we usually advise not lying completely flat. And so Mm -hmm. I suppose that kind of takes away a few exercises. So you might think of things like um, bench press or... um, I suppose I'm just trying to think of things where you're lying on your back, glute bridges and things like that. You always want to angle. And it's the same, you know, you'll, women who are pregnant are probably used to being told, you know, lie on your left side. And that's mm. all for the same reason. Um, so I suppose what a lot of it is what you want is what would make you happiest um, and what will get you up and moving. And it, even if that is just a 30 minute walk five times a day, then you go and do that. Some women really enjoy yoga. Um, and then they continue it postpartum um, with the yoga where they incorporate with the babies. Um, other than that, I suppose it's anything where you're going to build those lower back and abdominal muscles and anywhere that anything that you're going to build, help build up that pelvic floor. So that might be some weights. It might be um, some Pilates. Um, and all of those things would be safe in pregnancy as long as you're not overdoing it. Oh, completely not overdoing it. And actually, I think it's, I think there are two extremes that people tend to look at and they forget about the middle ground with pregnancy. It's either, oh, I feel guilty about not moving enough because you can be so exhausted. It does take quite a lot to work out the motivation sometimes to actually go and do some exercise. I mean, you always feel better afterwards, Sarah, but it's when you're, you know, it's always the kind of, I will go and do this right now. But then on the other flip side, um, if you don't do anything because people are telling you rest you know you have to rest when you're pregnant because you have to find a middle ground it's actually a lot of energy that your body's burning to create a life to keep Ooh. a living baby isn't it inside absolutely like this i suppose being pregnant and delivering is probably the biggest physiological change a person's body can go through i mean you're growing a human and your body is trying to um accustom to that so your body is is undergoing you know massive change um and it really is a balance um and I know we, we use that word a lot but it really is a balance mm-hmm. where you do want to rest and you do want to make sure that you're you're getting enough rest and enough sleep um and not overdoing it oh a hundred percent the things that you mentioned as well about the adaptions to exercises I think that's so important because I remember doing um exercises on my side but having to even support my bump in the third trimester because it was so heavy and it's so big I had to put a cushion underneath to support that area and doing abdominal exercises was something I thought I couldn't do but when I went to see a physio I was told I could still work out the sides of the abdominal area and that I think has been so crucial and helped when it came to the type of delivery I had in the end 
um, and recovery afterwards. So exercising isn't just about the birth, is it, Sarah? It's recovery. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and I suppose, you know, prep or delivery in itself is difficult and it's it's a big stress to the body. Um, and I suppose there's a few different things. I suppose if you were to have a cesarean section and whether that be planned or unplanned, you know, you've, you've undergone a major surgery and a body that is, is healthy and is strong is going to recover I suppose a lot quicker than um one that isn't so you're really I suppose a body that you've nourished during the pregnancy and that you've is quite strong is going to bounce back quite well postnatally so that's just another reason as well I suppose to mind yourself during the pregnancy Mm, com- completely 100% so there's, there's so many motivational factors for doing it and I often found because mood swings are quite prominent that it would always pick up my mood if I could do something and I definitely didn't have the stamina I had when I wasn't pregnant working out, but even um, sitting on my sofa and then standing up again, doing squats at home seemed to be, I guess, an adaption that worked for me because home workouts um, are now more popular than ever, obviously coming out of lockdown and, and people adapting to working out at home. Would you say that these are doable and safe or should people be being supervised? I think if you are somebody who has is quite comfortable in the gym and is quite comfortable with exercises and knows proper form, then I think you are safe to work out at home um, and be cautious. If some of this is new to you, um, and for example, you, you've never really done a squat before, so you're not quite sure of the form, then I think it is, it is best to be supervised. I suppose at all times what you want to make sure is, you're, you know, you're not putting strain into your back primarily, and that you're not making yourself short of breath, and that you have um you've no kind of real overt pain anywhere so I think it kind of goes back to pregnancy is not the best time to try a new exercise but it, if you're comfortable doing squats yourself then there's no reason why you can't continue them and can't continue them in the comfort of your own home yeah no a hundred percent what about the exercises that women need to be avoiding them what are the things that we should be perhaps not going for So you don't want to overdo it. So we talk about the talk test in pregnancy. So you, at all stages throughout your exercising, you want to be able to talk and hold a conversation. So that might mean lowering the intensity of the exercise you're used to. So you mightn't be doing sprints. You mightn't be doing hit. What you want to be able to do is control your breathing and be make sure that you're able to talk. And you want to be cautious of your back. Um, so at no time should you um, do any exercises, I suppose, that are going to pull on the lower muscles of your back because you, on top of any exercise you're doing, you also have your gravid uterus kind of pulling the back forward. So mm. you want to be cautious of that. Um, anything that causes you chest pain is, I suppose, and I suppose these are things that would trigger you to stop outside of pregnancy as well. But anything that's causing you shortness of breath or chest pain are things you need to stop. And then the other big one we just focus on is after that 20 weeks in pregnancy to avoid exercises where you're lying completely on your back. And other than that, most exercises should be safe um, and you should just you should feel comfortable doing them. Oh, completely. <laughs> Being comfortable is a very, very important thing. And like you said, not overdoing it because sometimes it's very, very easy to overexert and then you don't feel those effects until much later on. I found that one of the the things that I got wrong a few times 
was that at the time during the workout, I'd have quite a lot of energy and then I would crash within an hour or two hours after and feel like I needed to go to bed at 3 p.m., 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, what about things like altitude, I guess? I mean, do women need to be careful if they're going um, somewhere higher up to do exercise? Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose the issues with um, altitude is that there is less oxygen available um, in the air. Um, and a non-pregnant body, I suppose, can adapt to that. Um, when you're pregnant, you're already compensating quite a lot by trying to um, feed and grow a little baby. So it's also advised, actually, that women don't exercise at altitude. Um, so things to, that you'd be considering then are skiing, um, which I'm, I don't know, I suppose I don't really know anyone who's gone skiing pregnant. I don't know how popular that is. Um, and hiking at certain altitudes. So I know in Ireland... Any of our hills and mountains aren't quite that high, but some European countries might have much higher mountains. And I suppose hiking at high altitudes then is something to be cautious about. Oh, 100%. You get so out of breath um, towards the end of it anyway. Um, And would you say, if you're looking at the different trimesters, would you advise the workouts change um, throughout the different stages of the pregnancy as well? I suppose yes and no. So it's, it's all about how you are feeling. Um, there's there's a general trend of how women typically feel throughout different trimesters, but this is not a hard and fast rule. Um, but typically, women are quite tired in the first trimester, um, and a lot of women at this stage are suffering from either the nausea and vomiting of pregnancy or hyperemesis, where they're quite sick with the nausea and vomiting. So this is a trimester where your body is really adapting to the new changes, and it's typically, I suppose, a trimester where women might be taking it easy. And that is absolutely fine. If you are not feeling up to any exercise in that first trimester, then, you know, you take it easy and you mind yourself. Um, it's not it's not worth making yourself feel any worse. No. Second trimester is typically, not always, a trimester where women feel a lot better. So they have a lot more energy and they're less tired and they've adapted a lot to the changes in their body. So this is typically a trimester where women feel a lot more comfortable um exercising um and have a lot more energy to do it and I think as well you've gotten over that first trimester where there's a lot of fear surrounding miscarriage and fear about doing things to avoid such um things occurring so this is a trimester where women are typically a lot more comfortable and happier to engage in in activities third trimester then is a lot of kind of physical issues so you're bigger and you're uncomfortable you can have a lot of pelvic girdle pain at this stage mm. and have some swelling of the legs and exercise can just be technically or physically difficult. So this might be the trimester again where you slow down um, and it's a combination of getting a little bit of movement in. So that might be something like a walk, but also resting and preparing for your new baby. So I think it's it, it, there's a lot of listening to your body um, and doing what feels right for yourself with each of those trimesters. Yes, it's all coming back to me, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> when you mentioned about it not being true for everyone. So I was one of those that was so excited for 12 weeks to hit that I suddenly wouldn't feel nauseous anymore. And um, unfortunately for me, I felt nauseous throughout the entire pregnancy. Yeah. And there are some people who are so unlucky like that. It's just, there was no glowing second trimester in my opinion, but my friends did. They loved it. They said, oh, everything feels great. They loved being pregnant. So... Um, I mean, it must be in your line of work, you're in the hospital, you, you must be talking to, to women 
all day long every day about their different experiences do they really vary from person to person is every pregnancy as unique as people say absolutely and the really interesting thing is even a woman's pregnancies can vary so you'll have some women who had a horrendous pregnancy for whatever reason and now they're on their second pregnancy and they love it Mm. it really really does vary um and I and Ryan and I feel so sorry for all of all of the women who their nausea and vomiting continue into that second trimester <laughs> because usually when we meet them you know we to get them through it we try to encourage them and give them you know we try to reassure oh, once you hit you know 12 13 weeks you're going to feel great <laughs> you'll finally settle down and it doesn't always and it's just it is horrible it's very draining if you think about it honestly I spent nearly a year being nauseous and that's quite a long time <laughs> absolutely and then I suppose um and for women who've been through that and then are going to conceive again and you know even again after that it's it's a really lot like large portion then of your life to feel that way um so your body really undergoes a lot um in order to conceive and deliver a baby oh a hundred a hundred percent so we have to be kind on ourselves and Mm -hmm. if people are exercising and this is the thing I think it's taking it day by day not putting the pressure on yourself because even just going for a walk is 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 great isn't it getting outside getting fresh air yeah absolutely um and I suppose you know pregnancy is not the time to be aiming for a pb in your runs or you know (laughs) um you know pb on whatever uh weight exercises you're engaging in it's really a time to move for the physical and mental benefits. Um, and then sometimes that does mean going for a 20 minute walk. And that is it. And that is absolutely fine. Yeah. And, and I think people forget about the nutrition as well, because the diet is so important, isn't it? Especially if you're exercising on top of your um, pregnancy demands anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other one to consider, I suppose, after that is anyone who's breastfeeding postnatally. Mm. Um, I think um, the amount of calories needed extra calories needed by the body breastfeeding is even more than in pregnancy um so that's one to consider as well if you are continuing your exercise in the postnatal period just to make sure you're fueling and getting enough um nutrients and calories and that's a really interesting one I remember obviously everything I'm saying is anecdotal and everyone's experience will of course be very different but I'm hoping by being honest about mine is going to be you know helpful for some someone out there out there listening but I was one of those that I love my exercise and my exercise was my me time, maybe two or three times a week. That's what I would do. But post birth, if I'm being honest, I got to six weeks and I still didn't feel ready because there's a, there's a, the guidelines like, oh, six weeks, get your check, you know, and then, then you're good to go. But it took me a little bit longer than that. Um, my, my pelvis was still aching, my body hurt. And I think there is a lot of pressure on women to, to just get on with it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And I spoke, and Ryan, I think as I, if I remember correctly, you had quite bad pelvic girdle pain and that. Very bad, yeah. Yeah, that can be difficult and that take, can take quite some time to go away um, post-delivery. Mm. And if, again, it's we have a rule of thumb that the, the body should go back to around its pre-pregnancy state at about six weeks. But again, you know, we can't give a general rule for every single woman. Your body's adapting to post-delivery state it might be adapting to breastfeeding if you are but you're also adapting to your brand new life with the baby and most likely adapting to a lot less sleep so again it's a lot it's a being kind to yourself and just doing what you feel like your body's ready for at the time 
Yeah, I, I promise every, every, everybody listening, you, you do start to feel normal again afterwards mm. if you're just in the midst of it now. But it can take a lot of time. It, it takes a year, roughly, maybe nearly, to grow a baby. And it's going to take a long time afterwards to recover back again. But if we do talk about the nutrition for a little bit as well, what would be the main advice that you were told, um, like specific food groups people should be looking at if they're exercising as well? Yeah, so I suppose a lot of it is what you would eat outside of pregnancy anyways. But there's, there's very few official guidelines on the amount of calories and that I, I find it very difficult yes. to find. The amount of calories you should be eating in pregnancy. But it is not as much as we think. So we'll say if you were someone who had been exercising before and you'd established maybe the amount of calories you'd consume in the first trimester, you might have about 120 more per day about 200 and something more per day in the second trimester and then for the third trimester and if breastfeeding about 500 more then in terms and running you can correct me on any of this but in terms of the nutrients that we're looking at I suppose things like calcium so you'd be hoping for at least a thousand milligrams of calcium a day Um, and that can be quite easy for women who eat dairy products for women who don't eat dairy products or are vegan this could be quite difficult and some some women might need to supplement those and I know in Ireland, and I think the UK is quite similar in terms of our sunlight exposure, we get very little. So we get very little exposure to vitamin D from the sun and Mm. typically have to supplement. So the RCOG would recommend taking 10 um, units of vitamin D a day um, through supplementation. Folic Mm. acid then is the other one. And we hear, I think we're public health promotion of folic acid has been quite good a lot of women oh, are it's so good Sarah yeah, I mean I think it's it, something that everyone knows about yeah everyone knows folic acid and I'm glad you mentioned calcium just before just a little note because the average intake that you're recommended is 700 but it goes up to that 1000 to 1200 and that's a big jump and women are not told about calcium mm. it's always folic acid yeah I I didn't I don't know that I learned about calcium through my doctor study and I more learned it about through my health studied if that makes sense mm. um I don't remember specifically being told that so that's vitamin d was definitely highlighted to us but I don't think calcium was and the other one that I don't remember hearing a lot about was iodine um mm. and iodine is really important for um it's for the your thyroid but then for the baby's thyroid and then the baby's brain development um and again iodine can be a difficult one for women who are vegan to get because it's something we see in oily fish Mm. Um, so they're kind of your main ones and iron of course uh, making sure you're getting enough iron (laughs) yeah of course Um, and we typically see that women are a lot more prone to anemia um, in pregnancy so we definitely recommend either getting it from food sources or if that's insufficient to take an iron supplement but they can be quite difficult to take Um, a lot of women will say they make them nauseated or constipated Mm. Um, and if that's the case you should talk to your doctor because there may be other things they can recommend um, yeah, I think, yeah, nutrition is confusing for people because we're just discussing what the baseline should be. But if you're then exerting more energy on top of that, you really have to make sure your diet is nourishing your body because mm-hmm. your baby is going to be basically using up your reserve stores if you're not getting enough. Yeah. And then it leaves you as the mum feeling completely, completely wiped. And if, if you want to have the stamina once you've had the baby as well or or promote healthy growth of your of the fetus it's I can't emphasize enough even water Sarah water something that I realized that I preach it all the time and then when I got pregnant 
I really had to be so conscious of it. Mm -hmm. I suppose in in the nicest way to, if you think about a baby as as a gorgeous little parasite, um, (laughs) someone's going to hate me for calling them that. No, um, I get it. (laughs) I just mean that it doesn't matter what you're putting into your body in a way the baby will will take what is ever is there and then a lot of the times that that means that mum is left with very little um and especially then if you're exercising your reserves can be really depleted so uh, between that and if you are if you are going to exercise throughout your pregnancy it is really important to feel your body yeah yeah exactly so take heed everybody the nutrition is very very important of course there's lots of support on the nutrition platforms for for the nutrition as well mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details now let's discuss the fourth trimester sarah it's um yeah. it's forgotten about in my opinion um everything prepares you for pregnancy and the birth and even in antenatal classes you may do one session on how to manage sleep when you're not getting any post baby which I don't know how helpful that is to be honest when you're pregnant but they don't mention picking up the movement and all the rules and regulations I mean how we've said six weeks how what do you think about that I think I'm going to sound like a broken record but I think Mm -hmm. it's a case of listening to your body um, and it, what it depends on as well, I suppose, is is a lot of other factors. So it might depend on the type of delivery you've had. Um, there might be a woman who's had a very straightforward vaginal delivery who goes home on day one, um, takes a few days to kind of adjust and feels great. Mm. There might be a woman who's had a cesarean section who is really quite sore afterwards Um and is adapting to her body having got undergone an operation and she might take a lot more time to adjust to this and then there's women who are sick postnatally there is women who are really adjusting mentally there is women who might be readmitted into hospital so I think you need to be very kind to yourself and to really consider what your body's been through Um, and when then when you feel ready to start with some gentle movement and again it doesn't have to be you know, uh, 
a 60 minute hit class you can go out for a 20 minute walk you can bring the buggy with you um and bring baby out as well it, it can be very very gentle um and then when you go back to that is is up to you and I suppose up to the type of delivery as well that you had mm-hmm. um we I with the cesarean section I suppose you have undergone major abdominal surgery um and you need to recover from that so sometimes that can really take up that full six weeks before you feel comfortable enough doing some movement I think it's even with the um so I've had friends with with um c-section scarring Mm -hmm. and even the scarring itself and the healing of that area it's not always even the abdominal pain it's the uncomfort of having the scar isn't it amongst even clothing Absolutely. And you're, you're quite conscious of it as well. And I suppose you're, you're conscious of not, of not pulling it, of, mm. of it not getting infected. And you're just quite, quite conscious of not inflicting pain on yourself. So that just might take a little bit longer before you feel comfortable moving again. I mean, women are complete and utter warriors. When, when you think about what your body goes through, regardless of the type of delivery, having a baby, and then you're sleep deprived. And then, there, and then there's the pressure to bounce back after the pregnancy, right to the size they were before. And, and maybe now with more people speaking out about this, such as, I mean, I saw Katy Perry, the singer saying, we're kind of not conforming to it. And showing the reality is that she still had a bump and with um, her pumping bra on. And this is the reality of motherhood. You're, you're knackered and your body doesn't just snap back. Is, is this something that is discussed a lot in your type of work now as well? I don't know that it's discussed a lot, but I, I really think it should be. Um, I just I met um, a woman last week, actually. It, it, it's a really non-specific story. Um, so it's, it's not to breach any confidentiality, but she'd had quite a difficult recovery, um, and had quite a few infections postnatally. Um, and we were talking about nutrition, um, and she just mentioned something about wanting to lose weight. And what I was trying to say to her is your body, she was breastfeeding, but she was Mm. also, she had a, um, a wound infection. And I was like, your body needs calories to, to breastfeed your baby, but your body needs calories to, to fix this wound um and for everything to come back to the way it was before and if you're in a caloric deficit that's not going to happen um and I was really trying to you know kind of convey to her the importance of now it's not a time to lose weight now is not a time to to lower your caloric intake now is a time to increase it and make sure that you're fueling your body and giving it the energy and the nutrients it needs um Mm. and I think she was quite happy with that but I think it's I think it's not something that's discussed Mm. um as with, I suppose, a lot of things in the fourth trimester, I suppose from a hospital perspective where I work, we only see women back if something goes wrong. So we're, we don't see them at home when things are going right and they just need a bit of, a bit of advice. Um, and I don't know if it's something that we discuss or something um, we give a lot of advice about before they go home, but I think it's something that we definitely need to. Well, again, this is when it's it's so important that mental health is considered because it's very different for a woman. You're, you're not living in the same body once you've had a baby or you've been pregnant that you were before. And that's a lot to, to come to terms with. And of course, I completely agree with you. It's not a time to restrict the, the breastfeeding. Your body needs to produce milk. It's physically making something on top of what it's doing every day anyway, on top of the fact that you're picking up your baby, you're putting your baby down, you're walking around the house, you're going for walks and you're producing this milk on top of your normal daily activity. And then you're working out as well. It's just, it's quite a lot, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you're, you're right. I think in a way, 
I think it should be discussed a little bit more. I think a gentle approach to the fourth trimester in the medical profession would be wonderful because I think a lot of women feel very alone when you've just had a baby that no one really no one really understands that you're kind of healthcare provider, if that makes sense. Um, it's I think it's quite tricky. But anyway, we have questions from our listeners for you today. Um, and Elsie's first question. Oh, good. This is very relevant. She said, is walking every day for up to an hour sufficient enough exercise or should I be doing more? No, that's absolutely perfect. And even we would even say sometimes 30 minutes, you know, three to five times a day. Um, so an hour, seven times a week is certainly sufficient. Um, and it really is. It's off the baseline of maybe what you've been doing before. So if you have only ever walked for about 20 minutes three times a day then that's a good basis to start on and if you're able to to build off that um and to to not jump into you know seven hours of walking a week um but certainly that is that is more than sufficient and that's a perfect amount of movement to be doing in pregnancy exactly wonderful Cara has said I'm nervous about being the only pregnant one in a class gosh I can relate to that um where can I go to find out if a class is suitable Absolutely. So um, I think we're seeing a lot more trainers and a lot more classes are becoming a lot more aware of both changes in women's bodies in pregnancy, but also throughout their menstrual cycle outside of pregnancy. What I would do is Instagram is actually, I think, a great way to find trainers and classes that are very suitable for pregnancy because they're usually quite good at promoting it. But if there's a gym or a class you're interested in, I would call them and say, I'm, you know, X weeks pregnant this is my baseline. I'm really interested in doing your class. Um, do you, would you recommend it? And sometimes they might ask for clearance from your doctor as well, but um, a lot of them um, are quite good. I know, I'm sure London is even, even further ahead of us, but I'm noticing in Dublin, the development of a lot more classes for women who are pregnant um, and with personal trainers who have done extra qualifications um, in personal training with pregnant women so I think to look out for things like that is a great idea oh a hundred percent always definitely call and check um because mm. otherwise you might end up doing an exercise that yeah, you didn't realize what wasn't as suitable um Charlotte has said I'm pregnant with my second baby and finding time to do exercise is a challenge do you have any quick and easy tips so I suppose it depends on why you're, what is the um issues with um, time constraints so you know is, if it is you have other kids at home um, maybe something like getting them involved in the exercise so you might do a home workout while they you know could you set up a little bit of an obstacle course or something for them um, and they can work out beside you and I also think this is a it's a great idea for kids to see their parents work out um, is it that you're struggling to fit in around work um, is walking to work an option is going for a walk at lunchtime an option um or is it that with everything going on you're just really really tired and if that's the case then I would say listen to your body and rest um and maybe on the weekends when you have a little bit more time you know you could go for two long walks over the Saturday and Sunday so I suppose it, it depends why um you're finding exercise difficult and then just to try and adjust and um plan around those things yeah, no, very, very, very good advice. And Molly has asked, uh, she said rather, I'm worried that my stomach muscles will be so weak after birth. And what are the best things I can do to help my core? 
absolutely. So what we will find is you can do a lot of compound exercises where you engage your core. So that, for example, might be if you're already doing these things, if a woman is doing squats and is engaging her core adequately, you're really going to build up your core. Um, other women might engage in Pilates or yoga during mm. pregnancy where there's a lot of focus both on those core abdominal muscles but also on the pelvic floor so they can be a great one as well um, kind of some of the traditional abdominal exercises so um, things like plank can be quite difficult um, and nearly even advised against in pregnancy because your I suppose the your womb is pulling your back and it can be quite uncomfortable so what you might try and do is incorporate more compound exercises where you just engage those abdominal muscles yes no and I would say if you if anybody has the the access to a woman's health physio right, I'm not sure if you can request that on the NHS service here um I would highly advise doing that because they really help you learn what exercises to do to engage the pelvic floor which can connect with the abdominal area that you need to be working on as well but that's it's not my area at all but it's so important that we we get the right support to help because mm -hmm. I've, I've heard a lot of women say, you know, they struggle with something called diastasis recti yep. and where the abdominal wall hasn't quite closed back afterwards. And there are things you can do. But Sarah, we do move on to the fact or fiction round of the podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. If you could answer fact or fiction, please, to the following questions. Okay. Exercising will likely mean your baby's birth weight will be lower. Fiction. Fiction. Working out will give you more energy. Fact. Your baby can become stressed during exercise. Fiction. Exercise will help you sleep sounder. During your third trimester, you should stop exercising completely. Fiction. That's good. Exercise during pregnancy will lead to quicker postpartum weight loss. Fiction. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Those sorts. Uh, There's so much nuance in the. Uh, um... <laughs> that I mean, you could probably debate both sides to that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, sweating is dangerous. Fiction. Thirty minutes is the optimal length to exercise. Premature births are linked to HIT workouts. That's high intensity interval training. Fiction. Those who exercise during pregnancy have quicker births. Fact. Oh, gosh. Do you, I, I'm sure that probably Ooh. is for most people. It definitely wasn't for me, but I'm so, so pleased that if people do, it was another incentive to exercise. That was a very precise fact or fiction round, Sarah. <laughs> it was a bit difficult. You could probably hear my voice. <laughs> I know it's a bit like mm, really that's the problem with them they're very difficult to um there's always so much color of a rainbow in between yeah. black and white isn't mm -hmm. there always um we do nearly that that's nearly the end of the episode we're nearly wrapped up so we normally finish with a food for thought with every guest Sarah and I think um mine today would be that I mean I was told so many times when I was pregnant um, unsolicited advice you know the type you get online and um, you know you shouldn't be doing that you're why do you feel you need to be doing it all why are you exercising on top of running around London I was getting all sorts of remarks um, and I think it's so important that you shut out the outside world and you do what's best for your body because 
exercising really helped my mental health and it was definitely in line with what my body could cope with at that time and it 200% helped with my recovery post-birth didn't help with my birth but it or actually it might have done but I don't feel it made a huge difference but it definitely helped with the recovery so as long as you speak to your instructors and you get the right modifications that's so so important that people are trained in pre and postnatal when they work with you and you eat your balanced meals. So Sarah, if there's there's a food for thought you could give our listeners today, what would that be? I think it's all about what, what it's, and it's kind of an expansion, I suppose, on what you've said, but to do what is right for you, um, there is a, exactly, there is a lot of unsolicited advice. For some reason, there seems to be this thing that people think it's okay or it's acceptable to comment on what a woman does in pregnancy about what is right and what is wrong. Um, and a lot of it is you do what is right for you and what feels right. Um, and then to be kind to yourself. So, um, you know, there's a lot of fabulous women doing great things during their pregnancies um, and on Instagram. Um, and if you're a body and you aren't up for that and all you can manage is a few walks, then I think that's that's what's right for you. So um, as with everything, kind of you do you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly Sarah thank you so much for your time I mean you what you do for a living honestly I I'm in awe of of it I I don't know how you manage to even find the time to come on here today where where can all of our listeners go to find out a bit more about you and what you do yeah so I suppose my I'm on Instagram at Dr Sarah J Murphy um, and that's the I suppose the most easy way to find me I don't have a blog or anything at the moment so that would be where listeners could find me oh it's absolutely perfect Sarah thank you so much for coming on the podcast no my pleasure thank you so much for having me if you enjoyed this episode you'll absolutely love the others in this mini series so click subscribe and have them all downloaded in one go If you have time to, please do leave a review so that we can reach higher highs in the charts and the ultimate aim is to hopefully help more and more people. For more information about me or my clinic nutrition, books, healthy recipes and so much more, please visit nutrition.com and follow me at nutrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. 